it's not about the race it's really the, the the whole process of figuring out who you are what you can do and what you can put your body through because what i found is that mentally on a couple of marathons physically i was fit but mentally i was just not there Welcome to Chill Track Friday. This is Ali. This is Anne. We're back. We're back with another episode of Chill Track Friday. What's going on, Anne? <laughs> well, we're in HQ. We haven't recorded together in the same room, I think, since the pandemic started. So this is a first. That is true. We're back at the CTF HQ. And <laughs> HQ has gas again. From in our last episode, listeners would remember you did not have cooking yeah, gas. Yeah, it was yeah. six and a half weeks. Yeah, so you have. So what was the first thing you used it for? Uh, my p- coffee percolator. <laughs> Anything else would be a disservice to getting gas back. I know. That and toast. <laughs> Good. Spoken like a runner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have some exciting news. We s- Last Tuesday, well, this, this week... Uh, Tuesday, we started our Great Hill Track Club. First group workout since March, I think, yeah. or pre-March since the pandemic started. We had we had a good turnout. Um, so, and then we had a tempo run on Thursday with our group, uh, socially distanced and mask wearing runners in yeah. Central Park. But it was but it was great to see so many familiar faces that were kind of ha- hadn't run together in a long time, but had been wanting to. So it was really powerful to kind of come back and start that up again. And yeah, if you're in the New York City area and you're looking for a running group, uh, go to chilltrackfriday.com slash GHTC for details. That stands for Great Hill Track Club, run by none other than head coached by uh, Stuart Calderwood, whose episode you can also listen to. It's a really fun one. Um, Yeah, two-parter. Yeah. I mean, we can actually give him credit indirectly for this podcast right he he coached us and we he turned us into Track big nerd. enough uh, yeah big enough running nerds that we were like oh we should start a podcast like <laughs> we, we know enough now <laughs> hardly it's like scratched scratches the surface maybe yeah compared to Stuart, it, yeah. Uh, yeah i mean he's just he's a, a wealth of knowledge i love going to like races with him where i'm not running and him he just he just sizes up the start and he's like, these two are going to win and they're going to run this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know them? He's like, no, but watch. <laughs> and he's like within four to five seconds of his prediction. I'm yeah. like, how do you do that? I guess he has coached long enough. So anyway, come come along if you want to come join us. If you're in the tri-state area, uh, you can even come for our trial run on any of our Tuesday, uh, Thursdays. The details are on our um, on our website. Yeah. It's really fun. Speaking of running with people sometimes you run into people in a race and then they become friends who's our guest today yes uh well wait before (laughs) before we get in let's go back Hmm. listeners may notice that we have interspersed pre-recorded episodes before the pandemic and episodes during the pandemic this is an episode that we recorded before the pandemic so we do reference a few races that ended up not happening um, so just take note of that. But to answer your question, our guest is, his name is Enzo Amara, and he is a fantastic runner and someone who I met in the middle of a race. And I tell the story in the episode. And 
something that's really nice about runners and running is that you can meet people in the middle of a race and become friends with them (laughs) or the middle of a workout like you and me. (laughs) I really enjoyed this interview talking to Enzo because it really fits that chill track Friday motto of that. uh, The journey is the destination and you kind of see how Enzo started running and how he's kind of evolved and gone to different distances and even kind of found the uh, uh, the world of trail running and he's really into that so we hope you really enjoy you know you enjoy the episode because there's a there's a lot of journey specific things in here yeah it just applies no matter what is happening in the world around us and just wishing everyone the best one thing that we were discussing today in our group was just the idea of being patient with ourselves as we come back to more formalized training and enjoy the experience don't worry about try not to compare yourself to where you were if you were training for something before the shutdowns and uh Enjoy the episode. All right. Say hello, <laughs> hello. Welcome to Chill Track Friday. This is Ali. This is Anne. Welcome to the podcast, Enzo. Thank you for having me. So before we get too much into Enzo's journey, Anne, can you tell us how, how you know Enzo? Yes. And as a result, how we know Enzo now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, we can actually maybe hear it from both sides. So I was running the Philadelphia Half Marathon in 2018 and I had a pretty ambitious goal. I wanted to run like a 126 or a 125, but the weather that day was not so great. It was like 95% humidity, I think. And it was pretty warm. It was. And I yeah. remember thinking, I'm going to adjust my goal and just like try not to go out too fast and see where I land. I had done some kind of pace calculations and I, I landed around 640. Like I thought 640 would be a good pace to try. And downtown Philly was hard. There were like a lot of turns. And I remember feeling like I was like, wow, I don't know if I can do this. It felt so hard. And then I got to mile four when you're just leaving downtown and you're going out along the river. And I noticed that there was this guy like in lockstep with me. And I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what he's doing. If like, I'm going to wait and see if like he passes me or stays back or, and we ended up um, being lockstep for quite a while. And I turned to this fellow and I said, what are you running? <laughs> and this person was Enzo, who we're speaking with now. And he said, I think I'm going to go for 640s. I'm just doing a tempo. And I was like, me, well, I'm not doing a tempo. I'm racing, <laughs> but I'm going for 640s. Do you want to run together? And we did. And it was great. Mm-hmm. We did until Anne just left me in the dust at mile, I think around 12. I could not keep up. I was like, okay, you go. And I think I yelled like, you go get it. I might have cursed, too. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, running with you made this run a lot of fun because it was just a suffer fest. It was hot and humid, like you said. Um, but, yeah. You really helped me because I was thinking to myself, like, this is going to be really hard. When you're running somewhere that you don't know and I was on my own, I thought this is going to be like a real mental challenge. Mm -hmm. And you really helped me because I knew that it was a relaxed pace for you. And you were, you were giving me good cues at different miles. You're like, okay, let's just get to nine. And that's the t- where we turn and let's see how we feel and keep it up. And, you know, we'll try to race it when we get to 10, but let's stay where we are. It was just really nice to have that input from somebody. And uh, you seem to be enjoying yourself, which helped me. The photos afterwards, you're like totally smiling. I'm all like race serious. <laughs> <laughs> But it was really cool. And I remember when we got to 12 and you were like, go get it. I'm not, I'm going to stay back. I'm not going to go with you. And it was so, you're just like, go, yeah, go for it. It was great. And then I, yeah, I was also crashing. It was not that easy either for me. Um, I, I thought 
I, I, I had about the same goal. I, I really wanted to go for about 125. It was my first half, like racing a first, well, not racing, but it was my first half marathon. And um, uh, yeah, I wanted to do a little better than what I did. And um, eh, at, after, I think we started running together at like mile four or five. And um, by that time I thought, eh, it's not gonna happen today. And funny enough, I ran that same race in 2019 and I had an even worse experience and that mile, it was the same conditions. It was hot, yeah. it was humid. And by, I stopped running at mile seven. That was the lowest ever I've ever been mentally. I was just done. And I mean, seven miles, it's what I run on, on a daily basis. It's yeah. nothing. And um, yeah, I ended up running not well at all. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I remember running here with Anne, and we were kicking ass, and we were doing 640s, and I'm doing seven-something now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, it, it really goes to show, like, it's about what kind of day you're going to have. And mm -hmm. sometimes it clicks, like, even up to literally starting line, you might be mentally not in it or something's not going well. But then once the race starts, all of a sudden everything comes together and then the reverse can happen. You're totally mm -hmm. ready in every which way. And then something just, you, like you said, you're like, I run seven miles for, yeah. for years. And yeah, all of a sudden yeah. I just cannot do this. That's, that's interesting. Um, what was the race that you were training for that year? It was the Marine Corps marathon. So our race was early or mid uh, September. The Marine Corps is, um, I want to say late October or mid October. I had a pretty ca crappy race there too. Um, <laughs> that was my third, my, my second really bad marathon in a row. Um, where at mile 13, at the halfway point, I remember we passed the, I was with the three hour pace group and we were 10 seconds behind schedule. So it was perfect. I mean, we were on pace to be right at three hours. And um, I started having some, <clears throat> cramps in my calves and some leg issues and uh at mile 14 there was an aid station and somebody cut me off and that put me to a full stop and from that point i was done that was it i was that was the end of my race um and then i ended up cramping really bad at mile 26 and just yeah i think i was way overtrained because after uh the half marathon we ran together that following week because I didn't have the run I thought I could have had or I wanted to have I think I, I ran um, a total of about 26 or 25 miles at race pace if not faster and that looking back now that was very stupid um, that was a lot and um, yeah I was way overtrained. and uh, but it's part of the process I think I that year in 2018 I started running, um, I did my first marathon in March, 2017. And um, so I started really running in September, 2016. And I ran, ran the rock and roll um, DC marathon. And I look, I always look back at pictures because that was my first. So I did spend the $80 on the race, <laughs> race day pictures. <laughs> um, I ran in tights, I was overdressed. I had my um, camelback with 1.5 liters of water in it. I, I was just going out for like an entire uh, hike that would last 24 hours. After that, uh, I ran again in November and I PR'd by, I think, 
um, 14 or 13 minutes. And then January, fast forward to January 2018, I PR'd by seven or eight minutes. The month after that, I PR'd again. And the month after that, I had the ambitious goal of PRing again, and that just didn't happen. Um, <laughs> as one would probably imagine or or somebody could have told me this is just very stupid um but i tried marine corps i um i overtrained and um yeah that didn't go well either and then the marathon after that in april i changed things what i enjoy throughout this whole process and one what that's one thing i, I had never really thought of and, and i think i took the whole process for granted is that training for a marathon is a marathon in itself. It's, I always thought, okay, I've read a lot of stuff online, listened to a lot of people I know who have a lot more experience, watch a bunch of YouTube videos and all of that. And I was trying to put things together. Okay, I think I can do this and that. And if I take a little bit from this plan and a little bit from that plan, not really thinking, is that gonna work for me or not? <clears throat> Excuse me. Is that gonna work for me or not? And just putting pieces together, thinking, eh, I'm taking the best stuff from here and the best stuff from there. And I mean, you know, it's going to work, obviously. Um, and obviously it doesn't. Um, so that's, that's one thing I've really enjoyed is learning about the sport itself, but about myself and my body and what I can put my body through or not through. It goes, I think it goes to show that there's not one size fits all when it comes to any sports really um, you know you could be a coach and what you think is great for athlete for your athletes might not work for all of your athletes and that's what led me to I think <clears throat> enjoying running and PRing in, in Philly and finally breaking three uh, three hours uh, it was being more flexible and really listening to my body and um, not putting so much pressure on myself to go after this this goal um, yeah that's a recap of my running career quote unquote that, that is so interesting so what i'm seeing is we we work with a bunch of different coaches here and the really experienced ones you see how they like to work with athletes for the long run because yeah. they want to develop and find out where the breaking points are what works what doesn't work because they'll like modify every single thing to fit you like we would take a workout to our coach and they'll be like why why do you want to do this that hey, you you have no business doing a workout like this did you see a pro do this <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done anything close to this like no back off um so it, it's really interesting to see that like with sort of this training age of like how long you have been running it's not just a physical training age it's also a mental and learning mm -hmm. and kind of a philosophical training age that grows as we as we get um and I, I love hearing you say, like, I got it. I finally got to the goal I wanted to get to because I actually took the pressure off. Then, like, instead of trying to chase it, I went out and just tweaked things to what worked for me Yeah. and took that pressure out to actually get it. So you, you ran just over, oh, well, not just over. You went quite a bit over 50K this morning. What? Uh, uh, like, yeah, just over. Yeah, 31 <laughs> point. 30 point. Okay. Three so what's, what's, what's going so on there? What are we getting ready for? Um. <clears throat> So my, my one goal, uh, so running has um, led me to meet a lot of great people like Anne. And um, there's uh, a group that I run with um, 
not as often as I wish I did, but um, it's called the Runners High Delaware. It's a um, we meet every other Sunday, and it's mainly um, trail running. So I started discovering this trail running thing. That was my first time. I mean, I my first run with them. I joined the run because a Hoka rep was there and was lending out uh, trail shoes. So I didn't have trail shoes or didn't know anything about trails and from that moment on i was like this is cool it's it's so peaceful and um just you don't have to go fast or anything it's a very it's a complete different um way of running in my mind um i guess it it would be similar to taking the track if you have a track and you're a sprinter and then you start adventuring into the half or marathon it's completely different running it's the same sport you're running but completely different mentality i guess a lot of these guys have ran um a bunch of hundred milers a bunch of ultras and um i told myself when i break three i want to do something a little longer um so i broke three hours in philly that was late november a couple days later i signed up for my first hundred miler that is at the end of april um this year well in a couple months so that's why I ran, yeah, a 50K this morning. I'm doing a 40-mile race at the end of February with um, a lot of people from the RHD group. And, uh, yeah, so far, so good. Um, it's very, it's a very different training. It, it's different in a sense from training from the marathon in the sense that you, I have zero pressure to hit 605 pace for three miles and then back off and then be on this very stringent and very rigid uh, structured um, schedule it's i go out i just need to get an hour two hours three hours five hours on the feet and um fast enough that i'm not just hiking or power hiking but also not too fast that i'm killing myself so i've been enjoying i mean i took a month off after philly so i've only been running now uh, for about a month or so um, but it's been it's been fun it's just I go out put my shoes on and just go for a run it, it's been I've rediscovered running and why I liked running in the first place with that whole process oh, that's really neat to be able to have the goal it took you the sub three goal took you a few attempts, but you stuck with it. And then to so quickly afterwards, no, it sounds like you really learned about yourself. You said that for the, the attempts that you had before you reached your goal, you were overtraining, and then you kind of took the pressure off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth, the fifth time you made it, what were also some of the very more tangible training differences that you implemented into the fifth training plan? And then I'll get to the second part of my question. <laughs> um, the fifth training plan started a month after I had failed again <laughs> um, at the York Marathon. In uh, It's a very small, low-key marathon in Pennsylvania. Uh, about a month later, uh, I, I ran 40 miles uh, on Global Running Day. Uh, I ran my commute essentially. So I ran 20 to work and 20 from work. And I had been reading about and listen, hearing about low heart rate training. And that was something that I had completely neglected in the past. So I thought, okay, 
I've overtrained before because my training, my buildup cycles were about 12 to 16 weeks and that didn't work. I was peaking too early in the build buildup. So I thought, okay, I'm going to <clears throat> make my buildup nine weeks with three weeks of taper. So that puts me at about start training all the buildup early September what am I going to do from June until September? It's hot. It's humid in the summer. Um, I hate running in the heat. My heart rate is always all over the place. So I thought, let's build the endurance that you don't have. So I think there's a couple of weeks where I did not hit that, but I ran 50 miles every week without doing much long, long stuff. Maybe 15 miles would have been the longest run. Um, but I, built my endurance or my base um throughout the summer by running by heart rate only not looking at the watch not looking at the pace i ran 930s 10 1030s doesn't matter i just wanted to stay in zone two that was my goal and that um it was tough at first obviously if you know you're training to run like a 650 640 marathon and you're running 930s 10 minute miles it's um was tough at her at first but i put my pride you know aside and thought well i'm gonna get passed by 70 year olds you know out on the trail and all that and it happened and i didn't care i'm running my own out for my own run and um because i knew deep down the benefits of that but i had been ignoring it for many years um well many years many training cycles i guess um so that was one thing. And then I made, um, I took the pressure off of hitting specific workouts. I didn't do in prior cycles. I was doing one speed workout, one tempo run, and then a long run. My long runs were always a little easy. They were never really hard. Um, my tempo runs were always on pace. My workouts were always hard. I got rid of my tempo runs. I kept one workout a week as well as one long run. And I made sure the long run was also a little hard. So I threw in, I remember my first one was 18 miles and I did, um, my numbers might be off, but it was uh, four miles easy, six miles at race pace, four miles easy, six miles at race pace. My, I did my first 20 miler was um, 12 miles at eight, six, 830. And then eight miles at 6.30, which was hard, but um, much faster than my um, race um, goal pace. And then my last long run, I PR'd my um, half marathon there without, without even trying. I did 12 miles at eight flats, I believe. And I'm sorry, 11 miles in the eights and then 11 miles at like 6.20 something. And... I think that really benefited um, overall my, my um, this new, well, my buildup. And yeah, some days, the workouts, the hard workouts, I wanted to hit paces. And in the past, I would overdo it, thinking, well, I'm going to run faster to really test my fitness. But a workout is to build your fitness, not test it. And um, this time I made sure I was just on pace. Even if I had extra energy, 
I actually even felt better after the workout. I thought, huh, I could have gone faster. I could have gone longer. And that built a lot of confidence um, in my running abilities, I guess. So, yeah, that's essentially what changed this time around. That's amazing. The way people train and run is such a wonderful display of personality. Um, so then you, you've ran your race and you got your goal and then you had a new goal, which is totally different. Mm -hmm. So are, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you, you, are you someone who likes to figure things out and then go figure something else out and then do something else? And I mean, I get the sense of like a real experimenter and almost like a, I wouldn't, I don't know if scientist is the right way, but you're, it's almost like alchemy in terms of trying to like, try this little, add a little more spice, see if that works. Do you have a coach or are you, have you no. been figuring this out on your own? By my, yeah, on my own. Um, I like to challenge myself and I'm very competitive and I'm very hard on myself with goals, whether it's in life at work or in running. And um, I think, Anybody who's finishing a marathon, whether you're finishing in two hours and 30 minutes or five hours and 30 minutes, um, you have to have that little something in you that is pushing you to get there. And it's not about the race. It's really the, the, the whole process of figuring out who you are, what you can do, and what you can put your body through. Because what I found is that mentally, on a couple of marathons, Physically, I was fit, but mentally, I was just not there. I just didn't have the mental strength to really dig deep. And that's one of the main reasons why I signed up for that 100-miler. I want to see if I can finish it, how well I can finish it, because there's, that's the competitive side of, of uh, me, I guess. But um, we all have it. We all have that instinct of trying to be better at what we do. I'm never going to win a medal. I'm never going to qualify for anything. I can't even win a 5K in my backyard if it was just me organizing it with inviting my running friends. You know, I'm not <laughs> fast like that. Um, and I know that, but I want to see how, yeah, the best Enzo runner is going to be. Like how, yeah, how well I can uh, become of a runner. And um, I think running is a individualistic sport, but it, having the support from other runners and the big running community as well as families and 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 friends um helps a lot throughout this this whole process and um that's what i've enjoyed have you noticed any differences in yourself since you've started running the longer distances for the 100 yeah my uh my toenails are getting a little dry <laughs> I don't have black toes yet, but black toenails, but um, <laughs> I have a feeling it's coming. Yeah. And it's mainly in my relationship with my family members. So I have a two-year-old um, and I'm married and I'm out every Sunday morning for three hours at least, at the least. So I'm never home until 11 or noon. And um, that takes a toll. I mean, you, it's, a, it's a sacrifice that you have to be willing to do, but also your family members have to be willing to do. And my wife has rolled her eyes a couple of times when I said, well, I'm probably, I'm going to leave at six, like I did this morning. And I probably won't be home until 1130 or noon, but she knows how important and what 
what I'm doing now means to me and having this support is fundamental in my mind. So embracing that has been one of the main things I've noticed. Aside from that, I've really enjoyed running 9.30s for hours on instead of 6.30s. That's been a lot of fun. Enjoying more just being out, being, you know, on the trails and in nature. That's been a lot of fun. That's really, for me personally, it's like great to hear you say all of that because I have a slightly reverse journey. I started on the trails a lot. I used like 2016 and 17, all I did was trail running uh, 30 plus mile runs. I never went up above a 50 miler. And then eventually, I don't know where I discovered road running and I switched. I was like, oh my God, look at this. Like we're just running like, I know I I kidnapped into like this six minute sub six minute pace running. And it's been fun and kind of on a similar path where I want to push myself to a certain place. And then I remember the joy of lining up at the start line of a trail race and the feeling being so different than when I get into a corral for a road race, right? Hmm. Even just the way trail running or the start line or just trail runners in general carry themselves. There's never a talk of pace, right? You just know yeah. you're like, ah, yeah, we'll yeah, just yeah, go out we'll and see. run. Just go yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, a lot of times there is horrendous amounts of elevation involved. So you can't even, how do you grade a time like that? Right? Like, so yeah. it's really interesting. So I love that aspect of it. Like you just chug along, your marathon might take seven hours and so be it, right? You just yeah. have a have a good time out there. So it's a very different perspective. And I, I, I understand what you mean when it like speaking of the enjoyment of it. It's really beautiful. I forgot my question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can take you back to the beginning. How did you get into <coughs> running? Me. Were you a runner as a kid? Oh gosh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, I so um, I'm originally from France and um, I moved to the States. 11 years ago and I got into running through the company I work for um, we're the the world leader in aquatic wellness um, equipment and swimming pools so essentially we, we build small swimming pools with a big turbine that you can use for swimming PT rehab and things like that and training as well as an under, underwater treadmill so a lot of people I work with have done triathlons and I remember the day I started in July was the Monday after a whole bunch of um, em- the employees team had done the Philly try because the company was sponsoring it. And some of them had never been a triathlete and most of them and the enjoyment and the sense of achievement that they all felt that day when they came back in the office of having a- achieving something like that. I was like, I want to do this next year. So um, I didn't train until the race was, I think, in June. June. I didn't train until maybe March because I, I was overconfident. I was going to the gym. I was probably running uh, three miles at a time, and I thought, eh, that's about enough. I was a smoker at the time. I mean, I'm French, so, you know, it's part of normal, <laughs> the normal things. Um, and uh, I bought a road bike on, at Walmart. I mean, I was just no idea what I was getting myself into, but the sense of achievement that I could get from those people, I wanted to feel that. And I also wanted to push myself and see if I could do it. So I did a a sprint triathlon and I really liked it. And that put me um, 
back in Czech because I, I found it very hard. I was just not ready for it. I was very disappointed because I had taken it a little too light. So I trained a little more and did another one later that summer. The following summer, I did a couple of half Ironman and I had a lot of fun there. Then my wife and I bought a 200-year-old little farmhouse that we've been renovating. I travel a little bit for work, so I thought eh, I'm not going to have the time or the energy to um, keep doing training for three sports at a time. So let me pick one of the three, which one is the easiest and comes the most natural, uh, naturally to me. Um, so running it was, but while I was training for the half Ironman, my first one, my longest run had been eight miles. And I thought that was just the most awful thing I had ever gone through. It was just, I was wondering why people were running for hours and hours. Like what's wrong with those guys? Little by little, I started enjoying it. And, um, it's not until last summer when I hit the reset button and really took the pressure off myself that. I started enjoying it again. I know I will never enjoy a race as much as I did my first marathon. Breaking three, it was a goal that I had worked for, worked towards um, for a couple of years. But my first marathon, I, I was smiling the entire race. A lady, I remember a lady in front of me dropped her, her gel. She did not stop for it, but I did. I was like, oh yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, and let me sprint and catch up to her because I was just having so much fun and um, I don't know that I'll ever get that feeling back. Um, I hope I will. So I'm, I hope that 100 um, race will bring this back because it's a first. You only have one chance out of first and uh, yeah. So that's how I got into running. But before that I was doing, I had done... Um, some motocross with my brother and sister. We're a very um, tight family. So whatever one, <clears throat> one of the three kids was doing, then everybody had to follow. So we did uh, dirt bike racing, including my sister, then um, competitive dancing, including me. And then we picked martial arts and we somehow, the three of us got very talented at that and made it to the national level um, and my sister actually won the world championship. And then we went off to college and partying took most of my time um, aside from school. So there was no sports involved in college until 2012, well, 2013 when I did my first triathlon. Yeah. Wow. Do your siblings still live in France? Yeah. Yeah. My sister was here in, um, she lived in Atlanta for seven or eight years and she met a French guy there. And they moved back to France not too long ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your farm? Because I see your photos on Instagram and it's so beautiful. So it, it's a, it's in, the house was finished in 1800. So like it probably started in 17 something. So we call it a farmhouse, but we don't have, aside from two dogs, we don't have any animals or anything like that. And that was another challenge can we do this ourselves? Can I, we rebuilt the entire thing from watching videos, YouTube videos and reading online and asking, trying to ask the right questions to who you think are the right people to and um, listen. And then I take a very 
consciously naive approach to a lot of things. And that was one of them. And that's how I also approached running and my 100 miler. I don't know if I'll finish it. I have no idea. But um, if you don't stay positive and jump and just put your heart and soul into something, then there's no point in even thinking about it in my mind. Wow, that's inspiring. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, do, you, do you guys have any future plans for the farm? I know you said you don't have any animals now, or it's just like sort of this ongoing project to take it to see what very visceral in terms of like whatever feels right you go. Um, it's not going. So we've been working on it for three or four years now. And um, we have one full, our master bathroom to um, completely gut out and renovate that's left. And after that, I don't know, we might move on to another project. Um, we were talking about a couple of days ago, um, getting, it, the, getting the house appraised to see what we can get for it and what the next project could be. So I don't, I don't think we'll do anything more to the house itself or the, the property we have once the, the house is finished. I love that your journey sounds similar in terms of like, your main goal is to showing up to the start line and put your heart and soul into showing up the start line and then let the journey take you where it is. And then, yep. you know, once you've kind of felt what you wanted to feel and get out of it, you're like, okay, let's see what's okay. next. Yeah. Live and learn. Where is your hundred mile race? In uh, Maryland. It's called the CNO Canal 100. It's on the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal. It is very flat. It's on a towpath. So mm. it's, there's maybe a thousand feet of elevation gain throughout the hundred miles. So it's pancake flat. That's why I picked the course because I don't have climbing legs. I don't have big mountains to train on. Although a lot of my friends are running crazy races like the Western States or um, Leadville 100 that have mm -hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands of um, elevation gain. But I picked that one because I want to see if I can finish. I want to see if I can finish without hurting myself. And I also want to see if I can finish under a certain amount of time that I will not share. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, That's totally fine. Is, is the NCR trail part of that course? Do you know? By any uh, chance? There's one in Maryland um, that I've run over about 20 miles on one time and it was next to a creek slash river and super flat. It maybe may not be. I was just wondering just for my own reference. I don't think so because the the... The course is you're doing a couple of out and backs. You're going up 20 miles, coming back, then going south, doing a couple of back and forth, and that's mm -hmm. it. So you're never leaving the main, the start and finish area for more than 20 miles at a time. So um, now it all stays on the CNO canal. What do you eat after a 30 mile run? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, uh, I, I can't stomach anything. I know. And, and that, that is one thing that I'm, um, I'm starting to try and, and force myself now that I'm running longer, but I can't, after a marathon, I just can't stomach anything. So same thing today. I, I couldn't stomach. I just can't stomach it, food. So I've been trying different nutritions with homemade granola bars, Swedish fish and Skittles and all that so far, knock on wood, has worked. So, yeah, at nothing until at least two or three hours later. Yeah, but so, so what you're saying is you have, you take nutrition on the course with you 
Yeah. Or like during training, but like immediately after finishing, there's you you have to wait a little while. A little while. I, I have to. Yeah. To yeah. yeah. And I know it, it's. I know it's not good because it's not right. great for recovery. And I've been paying a lot more attention to recovery and how important that is in taking care of your feet, your legs, and stretching and the whole spiel. But food has just not been going too good, too well for now. Yeah. And that that's part of the journey, right? Like learning. Yeah about yourself you're like well this is the part that doesn't work i can try different things and see Mm -hmm. how i can tweak this somehow so we usually end our episodes by asking our guests for like one training tip for our listeners if you had one overarching or very specific training tip for runners what would that be i guess i'll share what i've already shared because it's worked for me um just take the pressure off unless you're trying to qualify for the Olympic trials or trying to make money, you know, running, you can be the best runner you want to be without becoming sick of running and without injuring yourself and really overdoing it. I I have a couple of friends who are very fast runners and um, they're either injured or overtrained all the time and miserable. And if the, a hobby or a sport, something that is supposed to be healthy and a, a stress reliever, if you want, is becoming more of a pain in the butt and something you're not lo- looking forward to, then you're doing something wrong. So taking the pressure off, if you're missing a workout, try to go for an easy run um, because you'll always get more benefit from that than just sitting on the couch, obviously but um, it's not the end of the world. So yeah, don't overdo the hard workouts. It's the process is to build your fitness, not test it. I like hearing you say that. And obviously I don't know you that well, but just watching you kind of grow from the experience of your goal and kind of loosen the grip on the the pressure. And I think that's mm-hmm. such a, it's such a wonderful journey and it's so individual and some people find it in running. Some people find it in career issues or whatever, wherever it happens. But I feel like running is such a, it's like a Petri dish for personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I have, shall we run Philly together this year? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? No I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> It's too close from home not to run it for me. So, uh, yes, sure. Okay, great. Yeah. It's 87 miles shorter for Yeah, him. let's... <laughs> 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 like an easy day, like a practically an, a day off. Uh, <laughs> we'll hope for better weather. No, it was great. Uh, I would love year. to. Yeah, that would be great. It was but great. I don't know. I got, uh, you, you contacted me. You're like, are you running the race? Are you running the race? I was still injured, so I couldn't do it. But anyway... Um, thank you so much for joining us. Please, we'll keep in touch. I love watching your training and um, just really impressed with what you're undertaking. It's really inspiring. You know, you spent a lot of time talking about how you got into your running and that people were inspiring you, but you are an inspiration too. So, oh, feel thank like you very much. Down. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I'm very honored to be, you know, with you guys and be able to share my story because, you know, I, I think it doesn't matter if you're a six hour marathoner or a 45-minute 5K-er, that is a thing. Everybody's putting as much heart and soul and effort and sweat and blood and tears into what they're doing. And I think that's what matters the most is try to do your best. And uh, yeah, see how that, that works for you and that can 
potentially just change your life. And I, I think that 100, if I finish it, would probably change my life and me personally. I, I don't know. Like I, I've read many things and people are saying if you want to, if you want to put a meaning to life, run a marathon. If you want to talk to God, run 100. So I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I know there's going to be a very, very low point and I'm kind of looking forward to it because you can't avoid it. It's going to happen. And it's how you deal with it that is going to separate you from others. And yeah, so thank you very much for um, asking me to be part of, uh, of your really cool podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you, for give, yeah, thank you for giving us the time. We'll be following your journey. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. Stay in touch. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you in two weeks.